Okay, I think we are live. All right, we are back. Took a couple weeks off. Not a ton going on in the NFL world, but we've heard the listeners, and we're coming back with some more content. Uh, episode 14 of Duh, the podcast. We're going to talk about some of the stuff going on in the NFL, give some hot takes, uh, talk other sports, NBA, NHL playoffs, uh, may even talk about um, the fight from this past weekend and the PGA Championship. Um, anyone want to start with some NFL news going on? Um, I don't think there's really much news other than I guess there was one kind of big tidbit that was uh, Devontae Adams basically coming out and saying, like, this is not what I signed up for in Vegas. Um, uh, is this because of Jimmy's injury or just because of Jimmy in general? Or I, I think it was before that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Jimmy got the surgery, like, not, I mean, like, not recently. It was, like, a couple months ago, but just now got reported. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think that was kind of like the cherry on top after they got rid of Carr for nothing. And, you know, that was probably 85% of the reason why. Yeah, he probably, probably he, just went to play with him. Yeah, like, aside from the fact that, like, he was a Raiders fan as a kid, but, like, I don't know, I, I definitely feel him on what they're doing. Like, it just doesn't really make a ton of sense. Um, their draft wasn't anything special. So Did they re-sign Josh Jacobs? Uh, no. Or tag him? I think they tagged him. Yeah, I okay. believe he got the tag. After they declined his fifth-year option, which I may or may not have even been less money. So, typical Raiders, typical Josh McDaniels, they're just doing really bad business right now. And, yeah, I don't blame him either. And their best player in recent history is going to prison for three to ten years? Yeah, how about, uh, I forget what year it was, I think maybe 18 or 19, whatever it was. Both of their first-round picks are now just incarcerated. That's yeah, I'm pretty awful. sure that entire draft class was just, like, out of the league in, like, a season and a half. That may have been the draft where they got Crosby, though, in the fourth. Mm-hmm. So, not all bad. But, yeah, losing your first two, both of your first-round picks to prison is suboptimal. Yeah, I think in terms of news-wise, like, specific news besides like some some injuries starting to come out of practice uh there hasn't been too too much um he's Aaron Rodgers got a little banged up um but the Ravens there. receiver got hurt yeah at least Rodgers is at OTAs Lamar is at OTAs talking about the pass happy offense I know yeah, yeah, him and to- him and Todd Moncton are just like best friends yeah, I heard his quote today. Dan Patrick played it this morning. Um, one, Lamar is literally the funniest person alive. Correct. But two, um, like, I don't understand what people, like, expect him to say. Is he supposed to be like, yeah, our new offensive coordinator is a fucking moron. Yeah, my new receivers are scrubs. Like, of course he's going to come out and, like, talk glowingly and, like, set high expectations. Like, that's what everyone does every single offseason. And everyone's like, oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Like, mm, it's just. That's every, I mean, that's every team, too. It's not just the Ray. Yeah. Every team sees some off, off-season moves and goes, like, I don't know how we don't finish, like, 12 and 
four at the worst, twelve and five at the worst. Like that's just all season to a T. Yeah, you can't yeah, root the Ravens. For there's still hope. <laughs> you can't root for an NFL franchise and not look at the schedule and be like, we got ten and seven at least. We can we can squeak out ten and seven at the worst. And that's yeah, at the worst. Here. At the worst. Um, but yeah, I guess we can move into a couple hot takes or hot takes for this season. I know some of us historically have a hot record when it comes to hot takes, so see if we can continue that into this year. Probably me. I was gonna say I don't know if anybody on this podcast has ever been wrong about anything ever. So fair point. James Winston. I mean, not wrong. Never wrong. 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. That's yeah. pretty good. Check the stats. And but, uh, yeah, Josh, I don't know. I, I don't know if you're going to bring this up later or not, but we all will obviously do a full 2023 NFL season outlook dedicated episode in the future where we break down full team and conference predictions and all that jazz but yeah yeah we'll probably do that over a couple episodes just give our full full predictions for this upcoming season the weather work our way into the playoffs so everyone might as well write it down so for the hot takes thing are we doing like just in general, or should we do like team specific or team or player? Doesn't matter. Yeah, I could. I would say team or player, whatever you think. The only problem for me is I don't really know a hundred percent what's being said. Like, what would be a hot? Like, I don't know what the common, uh, I guess predictions are out there. So my hot take is going to be based off what I think most people think. I haven't really been following like too much on NFL Network or ESPN to really know what people are thinking going into this season, but I'm just going to make a couple predictions that I think go against the grain. Do you want to do one completely random and one team-based or just fire both from the hip? A couple warning shots out there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to say yet, so probably just from the hip. Well, I know I have one on deck already, and it shouldn't be a hot take whatsoever. All right, well, yeah, fire. I have I have one as well, but the other one. I'm also going to stay away from the Bills because at this point, it's just turning into not even that hot of a take. <laughs> just tired of talking about it. Yeah, I'm just tired of being right. Talking about it. All right, well, I'll spark it off. The Steelers are winning the division. Yeah, that's a hot take. Definitely a hot take. A lot of people are picking them to be at best third. Um, most people, I feel like, are picking them to be fourth with, you know, just kind of assuming that Deshaun Watson will get back to his former self this year. But um, one, who gives a shit? Two, Kenny Pickett's the second best quarterback in the division. Three, the Steelers' defense is going nowhere. We have the best safety in the league. We had an incredible draft. And we still have the best football player in the league, uh, Mr. T.J. Watt. And if he stays healthy, I mean, there. I feel like the the ceiling for this team is winning the Super Bowl. The floor, I think, is 
wild card win. So um, big expectations for me for the Steelers. Um, I think this is obviously a make or break year for Matt Canada. Um, but the second half of the season last year is literally what saved his job. Went from being dead last in like points per drive or something like that to being like ninth, I believe, or like twelfth somewhere in that vicinity. So we'll, we'll see um, with the improved O line if they could run the ball better. If Najee Harris can actually like not get hit behind the line of scrimmage for once, that'd be great. So yeah, my first hot take: Steelers winning the division. I'm going to say. 12 and 5 probably gets it done just because that division is brutal by far the best uh in the NFL. Yeah, that it's that's what makes it a hot take I think is just like that is going to be a tough division to win this year. Like if you have a couple weeks with injury or you know a couple a couple of things don't go your way early in the season like that could be enough for you not to win the division. But they, like yeah, you said, my, I mean, they probably will beat each other up a little bit between, you know, at least the Ravens, Bengals, and Steelers. Yeah, what I'm hanging my hat on is we have the best coach in the division. We have the best defense in the division. And I'm just banking on the offense being much improved, you know, with all the money they spent on the offensive line, um, with the draft they had, uh, with getting, they did They did just re-sign Mitch Trubisky. So that's looking up. They at least have a quarterback. I would say they have the second best. No, the probably the best backup quarterback in the NFL. I'm trying to think who else is there. Kenny Pickett. <laughs> who is? Is it going to be a competition or is it going to be Kenny Pickett? Uh, <laughs> seven and two. His last nine games with only one interception. Probably him. Mitch. Yeah, that is still a liquid hot magma take. I basically just agree with Josh, though, that um, yeah, the division in the AFC is so tough. Like twelve and five, that's asking that's asking a lot, even if they are good. And honestly, that kind of segues into my take, so I'll just go next. Again, this is something I don't really know how hot of a take it is. This is something that I feel like other people would consider a hot take. So on that same subject. The Because the AFC is so stacked, I think 12 or 13 wins is going to be enough to get the one seed in the AFC because everybody's just going to beat up on each other. So I think the Jaguars may get the one seed in the bye in the AFC. Oh, That's this is opinion. actually – this actually directly – is the opposite of my hot take and that the Jaguars are going to be significantly worse than people expect this year. This will be fun. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, really I think like they the don't Jags win their division. Like, I'm not going to sit here and root for the Jags because this is my take. I'm just, because I don't even think the Jags are that good. I think they'll lose in the playoffs to, at home, to like three or four different AFC teams, maybe even more. I just think because their division is shit. And it's another year of Peterson and Lawrence together who, and you know, I think Peterson's a good coach. I don't like the Jags by any means. I almost think just because of the schedule, because of how hard the AFC is, because of how hard other good teams in the AFC schedules are, I think they're just going to be able to reap all the benefits, beat up on their own division and get the one seed at maybe 12 and five, maybe 13 and four. 
If they go, if they yeah. win 13 games, they'll probably, they're definitely getting the one seed. Yeah, I think they, I think they missed the playoffs. Because I don't think, because I don't think anyone from the AFC South is going to get a wild card. And I think the division at the top is going to be a lot, like it's going to be one of those seasons where like, you know, a nine and eight Texans team may beat the Jaguars in the last week of the season for the playoffs, for the, for the division. I don't even know if that's a schedule, but. I just see like that. I mean, they won the division last year at nine and eight. Like, I think it's going to be another AFC South exactly like that. Like, I think everyone's expecting them to take a step of separation from the rest of the division, but I just think that they they just stay pretty stagnant, and other teams in their division may get better. Yeah, I mean, I. If the coin flipped that way, I would not be surprised at all. I am happy to shit talk about how bad the AFC South is as a whole all the time. So I could be wrong. I just think with Peterson and Lawrence, they're still by far king of the idiots down there. So, And I haven't looked in depth at their other schedule, but there's no way it's harder than like the Chiefs or the Bills or any of the AFC. Yeah, obviously – Obviously, as we go through it more in depth, we'll see like the actual, we'll go through the actual like matchups and know, know more about the strength of schedule of each of these, but that's just, uh, you know, not really knowing their schedule, just basing off overall talent of the division and, and the Jaguars. <clears throat> Jags, well, fuck. I'm actually going to that game this year, the Steelers Jags game, so I'm very excited for that. But I, I feel like that's a game. The Steelers win. Yeah, I feel like the Jags um, definitely will will not live up to their probably ridiculous expectations this year. A lot of people are. Yeah, I just think they took a minor step forward last year and made the playoffs and had a really great first like playoff comeback. I guess like they didn't have a great game, but they you know they won in in a comeback fashion, and I think people are just gonna. You know, expect them to continue up, which means, you know, they made the divisional round, so continue up. Like people were probably expecting them to at least compete for a chance in the in the conference championship again. And I just think they missed the playoffs. Yeah, I totally. Well, I wouldn't say I agree they missed the playoffs just because that division's that bad. But yeah, I, I mean, it, I mean, like I said, it is a hot take. I don't like gun to my head. Are they missing the playoffs? No, but I do think it's a better possibility than most people are giving it credit for. I think team I think there's a decent chance they come in like second in the division uh with one of the teams with high draft picks being better than everyone else is anticipating them being. Yeah, I think just by default, I mean you kind of just said it, but by default they're going to win the division, but I think they win the division with like a 9 and 8 record and I just I don't know, I don't I don't and see I'll see. When when you when you count out Vrabel, that's when he's at his best. So like you just can't rule out the Titans just winning it uh winning the division this year just because no one expects them to. That's fair, but I'm that's the whole, almost what you just said. The whole reason I'm picking them to win the one seed is because I'm just penciling in six free wins on their schedule right now. And I'm like, well, they can probably win 
maybe another six games on their own out of the ones they have left, five, six games, and that'll easily win the division, if not the whole thing. But, yeah, so I guess everybody did one. Jay, you want to go again? I'd say, should we do, like, something player-specific? True, we all did teams, so. (sighs) Yeah, I can think of a player one. Dude, what the? Um, shit, I probably should have had something, like, ready to go after making that suggestion. I can go. I have one ready. Oh, God. I feel like this is going to be an anti-Josh Allen. No, 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 no. This is actually going to be the opposite. Most of the time, I like to hate. Hate, I like to bring people down. I don't think there's enough of that going on in the world. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go the opposite way. and I, I'm going to say a player I think is going to <clears throat> have much more success than everyone else thinks. Um, I think Derek Carr is going to be in the MVP conversation. I don't know that he's going to win it, but I think the Saints are going to have a great offense this year, and he's going to be in the conversation throughout the entire season. That is definitely a hot take, but... I mean, correct. We'll see. Tis the segment. I would fucking love that, though. I don't think it's that crazy. Uh, the only thing is that guy Dennis Allen down there running the show is what makes me nervous. But yeah, the, that division is bad too. They should be like the Jaguars of the NFC, and you know everybody's going to be sucking off Trevor Lawrence, so he might as well get in on the suck fest. Yeah, bad division. I don't know how good the Saints defense is, but I don't think it's anything to write home about. But they have a great offense, so I think they'll be forced to score a lot of points. Um, And, you know, I think the stats are going to be there. So as long as the wins come with it, I think there's no reason he shouldn't be in the conversation. Their defense has been pretty statistically and consistently good over the past couple of years. Yeah, but didn't they get rid of, like, did they get rid of Lattimore? That's what I, well, I, I know they lost a, a good amount of people, but it would just be hilarious if just when he comes to town, the defense it just becomes ass again because he's there and can just never. He have just can't play with a good defense. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah no, they still have Lattimore, um, but I mean, Derek's shown he's capable of doing. He's played at that MVP like level before. It's just. I don't know. After last year, just some of the throws and decisions he was making, I just I struggle to ride with you on that one as much as I do like Derek Carr. Yeah, well, that's the – I mean, I guess that's the point of these hot takes. Like, there should be some disagreement. Like, if we all agree on it, it really wouldn't be that hot of a take, considering yeah. the three of us together are never wrong. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Jay, do you want me to go because you're still thinking? Uh, yes, please. All right, I'll give. I'll even give you a two for here. I know I technically shouldn't be doing this, but it's kind of the same thing and something Josh and I talked about, even when it came to fantasy draft. I think uh, two late-round receivers who should not have fallen as far as they did could easily, by mid-season next year, emerge as number ones on their respective teams, and that would be either Jalen Hyatt or Tank Dell in Houston and Jalen Hyatt um, in New York. Because I just looked at their receiver roster depth charts the other day, and I was like, 
who a who are these people and b you can't tell me the Bolitnikov winner and a guy who had 17 touchdowns or whatever and was used on 30% of plays in Houston can't find a way to get on the field. So I think those are two players who could really emerge on their respective teams. You can't just yeah, say like, emerge like uh, we need something specific here. Okay, 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 okay. Um yeah, true. He said number ones, on, he said number ones on their team. Yeah. I, I like let's say what how many okay. weeks is there about the fucking Giants in Houston. Like come on. I'm saying e- okay, I'll try to put something more. I'm saying either Tank Dell or Jalen Hylett, one of the two will have over a thousand receiving yards this year. How about that? There we go. That heats up the take for sure. Yeah. Not combined for that's not that's too cheap. I'm saying one of them will break. Yes, it. right. Yeah, one of them will break it solo. Hmm. Um. Yeah, that's pretty hot. I mean, I I think, like you said, I I could agree with the first part where it's like their rosters aren't that good, their depth isn't that great at wide receivers, so they could be used more than I think, you know, early indications would suggest. More but, than like a third round pick would usually right, but a thousand, I mean, a thousand yards at that's going to be tough, especially with playing in those offenses. Yeah. Hey. As you said. Right. That's the that's point. The, that's the segment. <laughs> I do think Hyatt um, was debatably the steal of the draft. Um, I, him going where he went, and I think he went to a perfect situation with Dable. Um, yeah, like, and not, not much. He's going to have to produce early, and he has, you know, a quarterback that just signed and a coach who is an off. Yeah, and I feel like his expectations aren't going to be very high because, I mean, he's coming in as a third-round pick. It's not like he's someone like Garrett Wilson or Jamar Chase, you know what I mean? Right, where the expectations were pretty much there. Oh, boy. I still don't really – like, I want to say something. I can can say a negative one. to really balance things out here. Um, and I don't know if it's a hot take. I may be slightly biased towards, you know, listening to part of my take more than I listen to, like, ESPN and stuff. But I think um, Justin Fields is just a joke. I don't I don't think he's going to progress, like, at all. So, okay, let's – the rule book's coming out again. Put that into some kind of concrete, measurable take. Uh, like, I think he's going to be in the bottom. Like, he's going to be 26 or lower in passing stats. All, like, just overall, like, everything? Or, like, yards, QBR, completion percentage? Just, like, everything? Yeah, yeah. He's going to be down at the bottom at all of the passing stats. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily... Oh, I, yeah. actually, I guess it would be. I mean, I think people are expecting him to to yeah. really progress. Like... Everyone's saying how much he progressed last year, mostly with his feet. They still only won two, two or three game, three games. I think. Like, I don't know how much progression that was, but it seems like everyone thinks he's dynamic and will continue to grow. 
So that combined we'll with see. the fact that their division is pretty weak at this point, and by all accounts, they had like a decent draft and got DJ Moore in that trade and everything. Right, they got more weapons. Like I, I think yeah. that's going into the take a little bit, but <clears throat> that's my second string take. Now I kind of want to do one that's negative. Let's go. It's more us. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. Yeah, I know where you want to go. I don't want to do the obvious uh, with Lamar. Yeah, that's where you want to go. After 6,000 yards. (laughs) Believe it or not, that is not very uh, controversial. It's fucking moron. He said he was going to do it. Yeah, and I said I was going to marry Jennifer Aniston. There's still hope. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yeah. um, hmm. Mm-hmm-hmm. Actually, I'll stick with something positive. I'm going to say, this is actually definitely on a take, Rams win the division. Okay, I was thinking I was thinking along the, something along those lines. I just, like, that division is so unpredictable to me. It's unpredictable. But I, I do. Th- but I think they might win the division. I don't know if that's a hot take. Their division sucks. Now that I'm looking at it, <laughs> I wouldn't say it sucks, but it's. it's well, very- who's going to be who's going to be the quarterback in San Francisco? Um. Well, whoever it is, Shanahan has shown that he can win with pretty much anything at this point. But I think yeah, at I- some point teams got to oh. figure it out. I think at some point, though, it's going to be Darnold, which fires me up. I think it's yeah. going to be Darnold week one. Yeah. Me too. And that's why I think they suck. Chill. He may I, have a 1,000 rush yards, though. But I do think it's – I'm banking on mostly it uh, on Stafford's health. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm not taking anything away from you, Jay. Maybe it's just because of how we, the three of us, are yeah, all I'm sure. But yeah, like I'm sure more, people. The more I think too. about it, it just sounds like less and less of a hot take actually thinking about that division. Again, it's it's really about health. Um, I, we already know Arizona is going to be a dumpster fire. Um, I think Seattle takes a massive step back. See, I I don't though, just because I just like, Gino they, had I just Gino, I don't know if Gino is going to put two seasons together like he no back to back seasons together. I yeah, just don't see it. I feel like even if he does have a setback, like if he is like just let's just say Daniel Jones next year, they have, yeah he, that's a, that's a high ceil that's like Daniel Jones is like his ceiling. Yikes! Well, I like yeah. him a lot more than. Everyone else. No, I don't hate Daniel Jones, especially with his coach. But that's his ceiling. I just think with their receiving car, which is objectively good, and they have Walker in the backfield, they beefed up their O-line. I know their defense isn't playing great, especially up front, but now they have two great corners. Yeah, I can't I, – I think Seattle, like, stays where they are. I, I want to think they. You think they make the back. playoffs again? You think they no. make the playoffs again? In the <laughs> NFC, shit, maybe. No, I don't want to get no, too much no, away. no chance. 
I do think they go nine and eight though. I think three NFC East teams will make it before they do. I, I this could I could put on it. I everybody, including I feel like both of you. I feel like I'm man on the moon with thinking the NFC East is all going to regress next year. Yeah, and still be better than the Seahawks. Be <laughs> I do think uh, I think Dallas is in trouble. Um, I think it's huge they got to keep Dan Quinn that he didn't take another job. But I think firing Kellen Moore was a knee-jerk reaction, and I don't think it was very smart. So I'm very they do have like the best wide receiver in the league. Yeah, <laughs> and they do. Uh, they did lose Zeke. Which, I mean, isn't saying much, but, like, Pollard not being the feature back. I don't know if they – did they draft another running back? I don't think so. I do think but, Pollard is very good, though, but Big Mike oh, yeah, is calling the plate now. Is he a feature back, or is he just, like, the best RB2 in the league? You know what I mean? It's, like, the like, same thing. I mean, this can probably segue us if we want. But oh, like they did sign Ronald Jones. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's pulling on my heartstrings. Now it's a full competition at running back. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. And, and they have Will Greer. I did well, not know that. <laughs> he may uh, throw this in there. Will Greer may be starting week eight. Throw that in file. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think he should just start anyway. No argument. True. That's not even a hot take. All right. Segue into what? I was going to segue into what people are starting to think with Jason Tatum. Is he, like, the best? Is he, like, the closest thing to, like, Scottie Pippen as far as, like, the best number two star on a championship team? Or is he just, like, or is he, like, that guy? You know what I mean? Like, can he be the guy that carries a franchise? I don't necessarily think so, which pains me to say it, but, like, he just doesn't have that dog in him. Yeah, I kind of agree. I just don't know. Like, he's been in this position two years in a row and just is – the performance has been real flat when they needed most. Yeah, what my thing is it's too hot and cold because, like, he had that absurd game seven – to beat Philly, where he dropped 51, broke the record, has like you know, the record for most points in a Game 7 playoff history. That's awesome. Yeah. But then he'll have other games. But that's like lack of dog v lack of dog, you know? Oh, yeah, the fucking Sixers quit. Yeah. Which is pretty pathetic, and I was a big Joel for MVP guy, but now after... Retweet. One, Stupid-ass press conference after the series, um, basically saying, like, yeah, I can't do it by myself. Me and James can't do it by ourselves. It's like, bro. Yeah, Doug, 20 points isn't going to win shit. You guys combined for 24 points when you average yourself 33 during the regular season, or 30, something like that. It's like, go fuck yourself. Don't fucking go 5 of 19 and be like, yeah, I can't do it myself in a game seven when you were already up 3-2. And they won game one without him. Yeah. Yeah, Um, not a great playoff performance by him by any means. I think it was, like, worst historically uh, from a points-per-game perspective for an MVP. Wow. Like, drop-off. 
from not necessarily worst um, in the playoffs, but worst drop off from regular season to playoffs. I'm not surprised by that. Back to uh, Jason Tatum. I really don't have much to, sh- to say. I don't really care about him that much, but yeah, um, I've always doubted him, and he's never really proved me wrong doubting him. And yeah, he has those great flashes, but it, it, in some of those series, it's like, dude, if you just took more than like five shots in game five or game six, you wouldn't have been in a fucking game seven to begin with. So we'll see how it pans out. The only thing I will say is they do have a really good chance to win. Are they playing tonight or do they play tomorrow? Tonight. Tonight. But they uh, they have a really good chance to win this game tonight with one of the Heat starters being injured. So if it goes back to uh, 3-2, I mean, I still wholeheartedly believe Jimmy Butler is the best player in the series. The Heat will win the series, but it gets scarier and scarier if they win this game, which is a solid probability. I think think the Heat finish it tonight. I really hope so, and I think they certainly can. I mean, Jimmy's just got to come out, and he's easily – could drop 35-plus, and if I think that happens, they'll win. They'll break them. Yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, he has the ability to shut down their best player as well, and I think that really goes into why he's, like, been so dominant in these playoffs. He's scrappy. So good. More importantly, the Western Conference. You don't get me started. Forty point borderline triple double in a losing effort. Sad. Yeah, but it, there's a silver lining, Josh. At least he lost to the best player on the planet himself. <laughs> LeBron is definitely not the best player anymore. By far. But by far, Jokic <laughs> is. I agree. He is. I mean, he is playing absolutely out of his mind, and I mean, and all the all the knock on him, you know, winning these MVPs and not making it far, like not making a deep run, put that to bed. Averaging a triple double through what, three series at this point. I mean, it's and it's hard to I, argue with him offensively for sure. Yeah, and it's infuriating, honestly. The comments about like people saying like, "Oh, well, they haven't won anything yet." It's like. You do realize his second best player, which of course he's balling out this season, but like Jamal Murray was not this same player the last couple seasons. Michael Porter Jr. was like 19 years old. So like these deep playoff runs, his second and third best guys weren't, you know, up to snuff. So like I don't think it was fair to hold that against him. Don't be wrong, he didn't play particularly great himself compared to his, like, MVP numbers, but, like, come on. I I just – I didn't think it was totally fair. And I'll just say on this season as a whole, like, basketball was trending in, to me, a bad direction with just a couple super teams at the top of each division. But seeing an eight seed and a seven seed in conference finals is really nice to see. Like, it's really good to see that we're, like, being able to avoid – super top-heavy conferences. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of it was, like, the Lakers would have been probably a top-four seed had they not tried the Russell Westbrook experiment. 
because once they made that trade, they inst- I think they finished with the best record in the NBA from that point on. So that's true, but my thoughts on the series as a whole. Obviously, sad to see the Lakers get sweeped, especially with as you mentioned, LeBron sweep going going sweat. Sorry, um, yeah, that's hilarious. Um, I'm just saying. Fuck! Now I lost my train at the. Oh yeah, as you said, Josh, him going off as crazy as he did in um, Game Four was at least nice to remind everybody that he's still there, and I believe he is playing hurt and may or may not need foot surgery. But when AD scored, I think, over 30 in game one, and they lost, and then they had the lead all game two and then blew it, it was like, okay, the sweep is kind of imminent. And I also think the general media, at the consensus at this point, is that the Nuggets are going to roll whoever wins the Eastern Conference Finals anyway. Hmm. I don't know. If, I don't know. Do, do we think that? I don't know if I believe that. I certainly uh, hope, but I don't. I don't think there's any rolling of the Heat. I just don't think their play well, style. Like, they, do they ever get blown out? That's basically what I was going to say. I was going to say I think the Nuggets can roll the Celtics if they somehow come back from this, which I don't think they will. But I think the Nuggets can beat the Heat for sure. I would be rooting for the Heat. But, yeah, the Heat the Heat are too gritty to not at least go, like, six games or something. Yeah, yeah. No. exactly. They're, too, they're, they're, they're well coached. They're disciplined. You know, they they play they play a hustle style that's just hard to beat uh, night after night. I say it's hard to beat a team four games in a row that plays hard for forty eight minutes. And on top of that, you kind of just touched on it. Spolstra is definitely the best coach in the NBA. So on to hockey. Christ, if I have to. Florida Panthers. Don't even get me fucked. Another sweep. What's the most frustrating thing, because I fucking hate the Panthers, with with the exception of Matthew Kachuk. They shouldn't even have made the fucking playoffs. The Blackhawks were plus 420, plus 420 against my Pittsburgh Penguins. And what did the Penguins do with the Playoffs on the line get absolutely fucking rolled in Pittsburgh. <laughs> fucking embarrassing. Five to two against the worst team in hockey. Just had the number one. Just got the number one overall pick, which you know Gary Bettman loves to rig the NHL draft lottery. But that's neither here nor there. Um. So fuck the Panthers. They shouldn't even be in this fucking position, but. Also, fuck the Bruins for blowing a 3-1 lead after setting the record for best um, record in hockey history. So, at least there's a silver lining that the Bruins are gay and they lost in hilarious fashion. But also, fuck them because I hate the Panthers. I don't um, know anything to uh, comment on actual game-wise. 
I just want to check back in. I don't know if this is even still a possibility. Probably not. But Jay, is your um, Pfizer Waffle House naked marathon run to Canada still on the table, or is that scenario? No shot. Oh no, dude! Toronto and <laughs> fucking blew it. That's that's why I didn't really want to talk about hockey, just because I just not not a good run for me in hockey. <laughs> um, and what only thing I have keeping me afloat is Vegas is definitely going to be favored in the final, um, and they have Jack Eichel. So, did they close out the series already? No, they got to win one more, right? I think they played tonight, though. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was three to one. Three is it three to one? I think it's three zero. Oh yeah, three zero, and they do play tonight. Yeah, I did double sweep in the conference finals. Yeah, cause Florida won it last night in pretty crazy fashion. And on top of that, like they got <laughs> thoroughly outplayed. I mean, they scored four goals on twenty five shots. Whereas Carolina had, I think, 40 or something like that. So it's just basically me versus Mike in NHL or FIFA. But yeah, so if I had to make a prediction, I'm going to say Vegas is going to win in Christ just for my sanity. Uh, do you guys want to talk uh, the fight from this weekend? The uh, sing your siren song on the corruption of boxing. Um, I mean, I think it's just pretty. Everyone knows that boxing's a fucking joke. Um, it was a close fight. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'll be right back. You guys, it was a close fight for sure. But I did say before the fight, if Loma loses, I'll never watch boxing again because I hate Devin Haney. Um, I'm going to amend that because of the news of Errol Spence Jr. and Bud Crawford finally fucking fighting. But if I lose the amount of money I'm going to put on Errol Spence to win, then I will officially never watch boxing ever again. Not even Shakur Stevenson. You don't want to see him fight Haney? I would rather see him beat Tank or Haney beat Tank. Literally anyone beat Tank. That'd be great. After what I saw, I don't know if that is what would happen. Oh, dude, come on. Garcia was not ready for that fucking fight. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying after watching Haney and Lomachenko fight, I am, if I was in the Tank Davis camp, I would not be that scared of Devin Haney. I would be more scared of Lomachenko because people don't realize Lomachenko is fucking tiny. Like he is, I think, I'm pretty sure he's smaller than Tank in terms of height and weight. Um, but he, all of his losses, because he, he is like much to his credit and, you know, uh, kind of fucks up his record, but he keeps fighting up. Um, yeah, my thing with Lomachenko is I, I there is a legitimate argument that at the end of the day, if you want to say it should have at least been a split decision win or he did end up winning after winning, like, basically all of the later rounds, like, 
there is some argument there, but the thing that pisses me off with Lomachenko, and he does this in every fight, is he starts so slow. Oh, like, yeah. You, you, can't, you can't come out and just easily, visibly lose, like, the first four or five rounds. Like, you, you can't do that. And I know he's borderline doing it intentionally to, like, figure people out kind of the same way, like, Tank does. But he's eventually going to knock you out. Or even, like, Floyd would kind of do that back in his prime. But he would only do it for, like, the first two rounds and then start picking people apart and wearing them down. Like, you cannot come out and basically just and just easily lose, like, the first third, if not half of the fight. And then, yes, making a strong push towards the finish was great. And... Haney's corner, if you listen to it, was even talking about the fact that, like, he was he was figuring him out and he didn't know what to do. And I agree with that, but I just think it was too little too late. And that seems to be a recurring theme with Lomachenko. Yeah, that's certainly fair. Um, I won't argue against that. Um, but I also think the level of talent he's faced um, compared to Tank's is far greater, so I would agree that that you know, <clears throat> that uh that game plan of like taking the first few rounds off to try and then finish people um is not necessarily a great tactic against you know people like Devin Haney or people yeah. that are like significantly fucking bigger than you that can just kind of keep you away. Yeah, I mean tanks tanks inevitably going to have to fight. Uh, Shakur or Haney and either way if he wins and or knocks them out I feel like you can't argue against him anymore I'm not saying that will happen but those three are the ones that are remaining at the top of the pile and it's gonna have to get ironed out somehow Tank may continue to sit on his ass because he can and he's like on house arrest or whatever and let Haney and Shakur fight, and then he just takes the winner, which would be, like, validation for everything. But that would be a tough fight. I'm not disputing that whatsoever. I would be impressed if he won, especially by knockout. But, yeah, that's that's where it's got to go. And I really have no idea for a prediction on the Spence-Crawford fight because neither of them have fought in so fucking long. I just, like... Well, actually, Spence just fought, right? Spence fought a few months ago, and Bud yeah. fought in December. Yeah. Yeah, I, I genuinely don't know. Like, I, I would have to grind the tape, watch their last couple fights before I could make an honest prediction, but we have till July, so. Yeah, honestly, depending on how expensive the tickets are, I might try and go. Good grief. Where is it? Vegas. God. But All it's right. the... The week after my birthday. Yeah, that's a pretty good excuse to go. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like if I could swing, like, hey, for my birthday gift, you want to buy my ticket and I'll take care of the rest? Like, I would happily do that. Right, or it's like if you buy the fight tickets and I just buy, like, the travel and everything. That's just yeah. one you don't have to pay for. That'd be amazing. But we'll, we'll see, because I think the tickets are if it's anything like Davis Garcia, I think the, t- the cheapest ticket was like six or seven hundred dollars. Um, yeah. I thought they were like two or three. Fuck no. But so 
and this is obviously a much, much bigger fight. This has been the fight to make in boxing for like probably ever since Fury Wilder. So, um, we'll see. Speaking of, fuck Deontay Wilder. Just want to get that out there. Yeah, not much of a boxing guy, but I just had like a, a genuine question because I did see on Twitter a lot of people complaining about the ruling of the fight. Uh, if it was a close fight, and I just don't understand why people were getting so upset. Like, it's obviously human judged, so they have opinions on fight styles and stuff like that. And if the fight was that close, what would be the reason that they got, you know, everyone was so upset? It's main, the main one was one of the scorecards had it much more in favor of Haney. Um, so everyone else had it 115, 113, which obviously is as close as it gets without being a split right. um, or a draw. Um, but the one guy had it 116, 112, and that's what everyone got everyone's panties in a bunch. Um, it's one extra round. It's, I mean, I don't know. It, it was a close fight. And like Colin said, it's kind of hard to win the judges over. You know, because it is just kind of human nature. After you, you know, convincingly lose the first three to five rounds, you know what I mean? It's kind of hard, unless you're really, really dominant, to kind of win them back, if that makes sense. Just because, like, once you've already seen that the other guy's winning for a few rounds, I feel like it's kind of hard to turn that off, just the way humans are. Right, that's what I was kind of thinking. Like, if they just, like... You know, he started strong or, you know, had a slightly different style that a judge like prefer, I guess, that there would be like a little edge just on that. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what's part of the issue with boxing, aside from the ridiculous corruption. But like um, they don't I feel like they don't judge it round by round. They do kind of take into what happened throughout the fight, which is kind of bullshit. I'll I'll just say two things real quick. One, I think the majority of the outrage came from the fact that it was a, a unanimous decision, like it was a close fight. So if Haney or Lomachenko won by split decision, I don't think there would have been nearly as much pushback. But I think the biggest thing is just on an even more fundamental level, it's because there's it's the same way people bitch about NFL officiating. There's fucking millions of dollars at stake. So if people lose, they're going to be pissed. And yeah, the same but, way, they're just going to distort their own reality. Like, but if, if it's a unanimous decision, yeah, if wouldn't like all all of the judges agreed. If it's a split decision, I would imagine there was there'd be more uproar in that. You know, why didn't more judges see it this way? If one if one could, but if everyone sees it the same way, seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, like, uh, if everyone had it 115, 113, I don't think it would have been as much outrage. I do still think there was probably, it's almost, I'd say at least 50% of the people, um, in terms of, like, the masses, would have said Lomachenko won the fight. But, I mean, Teddy Atlas said he thought he won, so that's enough for me. (laughs) But for me, I mean, 
there no decision will ever get worse than the first Canelo Triple G fight, and that was a fucking disgusting, putrid, embarrassing. Just it was the worst decision I've ever seen in my life. Also, I'll say one final thing. Devin Haney's fight style is interesting in the sense that he may have the like one of the best jabs in boxing, but it's like boring to watch like as a fan, whereas Lomachenko is more of like a combination puncher who can come on strong later. So it's like I feel like that always again, the human element plays into that where it's like, okay, this guy's kind of a boring fighter, even though he's doing a really good job of, like, keeping distance, controlling the fight, and, like, not taking damage. You know what I mean? Like, there's – so there is so much that goes into it, but – Yeah, I mean, that was the knock on Floyd at the end. It was like, he doesn't really – he just – he doesn't get hit. So it's, like, kind of – it's not the most entertaining fight to watch because, you know, he's going to just piece people up, get out of there, piece people up, get out of there, and, like, it's a – Unanimous decision. Like he stopped knocking people out. I know it was because like his, of his hands, but like, I mean, Christ, outside of Conor McGregor, what was his last finish before that? Yeah, that's true. But he did make even though a young Canelo look really, really dumb. And again, maybe this is just me personally, but I always think not getting hit is more impressive than being oh for sure people. So. I do respect him for it still. And I respect Devin Haney for, like, the way he fights. Like, it's a very smart, protective way. And I'm, you know, I'm not taking anything away from either fighter. I I knew it was going to be a good fight, and it was going to be a close fight. And, again, I think we talked about this before the fight, Jay. I have not lost a shred of respect for either fighter after the fact. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, you have to respect Loma. I mean... He keeps fighting up because there's not many guys to fight uh, where he is. So um, I love it. Same with Canelo. I mean, I think all of Canelo's last, like, three to five fights have been weight classes above um, his normal. So, I mean, it's – I mean, you could see there's a pretty – like, him next to Caleb Plant, that was crazy. Um, I mean, obviously he lost to Bivol, but, I mean, those are big fucking dudes. They are. I I kind of – why do you think he's not going back down? I want to see him go back down and fight guys like Charlo and stuff. Like, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think so too, and also just be – I feel like probably just better for him. But I think it's already booked or they're working on him and Bivol fighting again. I, I know, could, at, at his weight too. Like, Canelo is it, 100% said – He's going back up already because he doesn't even want people to make excuses that if he wins the rematch, it's because Bivol came down, which, like, I respect, but it's also, like, dude, like, (laughs) you fought Floyd Mayweather. Like, you fought Floyd at, like, whatever that was. I mean, I don't remember, but that had to have been. I think 152, I want to say. Was it even one? I was going to, I was about to say maybe even one, like sub 150, like 149, just because obviously Floyd would have wanted him to be as small as possible. So, but yeah, even 149, 152, he could fight Charlo at 157. You know what I mean? Like, that would be awesome. I'm about to look it up right now. Mayweather. Canelo. 
while he's doing that, uh, Josh, is there anything else you want to bring up? I didn't know if you wanted to talk some golf before we sign off. God, oh, so- did, he, did either of you watch it, the PGA Championship? Of course I watched I, it. Obviously did not. All right, do you have any thoughts on it? I mean, I, I didn't really have too many thoughts on it. But, uh, you know, I guess the major takeaway is the live guys are coming to play in majors. You know, Brooks second at the Masters, Phil second at the Masters. Brooks won the PGA fifth major. You know, he's, you know, he comes to play in majors. And, uh, yeah, I guess for me, it was just a little sad because I wanted Victor to pull it out on Sunday, but, uh, you know, Brooks, Brooks came to play. He had a plan. He had a plan and he executed it pretty well. Yeah. My, my only thought on it was I was a little disappointed at the, the pretty anticlimactic <laughs> ending with Hovland getting that, you know, <laughs> that really, bad I don't want to say bounce but like just unlucky where yeah take that drop especially with like around hole like eight I think it was it was tied and then just the fact that you know at the end Brooks had like four putts to win made it a little less I would rather have it been tied at the 17th hole as opposed to like the seventh hole yeah no I think it was I think he was (laughs) down by one stroke when the double happened on 16 yeah but um, back to real quick. Um, I was right. It was 152 because I literally know everything. Right. But like I'm saying, he could fight for middleweight again. Go back down to where he really made his. Like I know he cleaned out the division. That's why he moved up. But I would love to see him fight Charlo. Okay, I'll shut up now while you talk golf. Well, I was gonna say he did embarrass my boy Danny Jacobs. Literally, talk about not getting touched. He did embarrass my boy, Billy Joe, as well, even though Billy Joe was hanging around and doing pretty well for a while, but then he literally just got his entire skull fractured. Oh, that was that one? I thought Billy Joe was the one where he got hit in the liver, like, and just died. No, Billy Joe was the one where he shattered his entire, like, eye socket, and he didn't even knock him out, but, like, the, he didn't come back out afterwards because he just had like an entire dent in his face, and they were like, "You can't fight anymore." <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. What did you see, um, Josh? Back to golf. Did you see what Phil said after PGA? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, I did see that. There's like, oh, he's insinuating some more sketchy stuff is going on. Oh no! It was just, he was just oh. like comparing the two tours, and he was like, "It's so much better. Uh, the live prepares you so much better for majors because you're not worn out, allegedly." Yeah, I mean, you're not like subjected to. At the end know, of the day, they're one and one, so we'll have to see yeah. how the rest of the season plays out. Yeah. So, but Brooks also, I think, had the lead on Sunday at Masters, he did. and he just. Completely blew it, I was just and like that could be attributed to not being used to playing four days in a row anymore. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he uh, he had like a three stroke lead going into that final round. Yeah, and then at the end it wasn't even close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last thing probably on golf is I just don't think Brooks gets enough credit for how fat he is. Dude, I think I think Bryson took a lot of shit when he got fat, and Brooks has gotten fat, and just no one says a word. 
Yeah, dude, I was noticing that too. I think a lot of it is because he was fine. I was like, all right, I'm going to stop cheating on this girl and propose. But, um, yeah, I, I noticed that too. That white polo was not doing him any favors. He was like week after week. Appreciate it. He kind of just looks like Patrick Reed. Chill. All right, nobody that <laughs> except me and Rom. <laughs> Do I yeah, yeah, I would put him on the level with John Rom too. No fucking way. John Rom is like fat and sweaty and sloppy looking. No, don't disrespect Brooks like that. I mean, he's winning golf. I fucking it's good for him. I hate John Rom. Dude, what the fuck is with UPS sometimes? My box looks like it just fucking went through fucking Vietnam. Just the opening scene of Ace Ventura. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if I had anything else though. If any of you guys had anything else? I am all good, I think. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I got anything. We're, well, I guess we'll be back next week with a. Uh, an in-depth look at our projections for the AFC. We'll just go division by division in the AFC next week. Dig it. All right. We're, are we going to do all four or are we gonna, like all four uh, teams or are we just picking winners? Yeah, I'm going to go all four teams. I'm going to do the whole thing. <laughs>